Uh, for me, a, a leader is simply someone from an organizational or business context that uh, that creates a vision or, or a strategy or a direction and then um, activates that through other people. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. Welcome back to the Inspire Podcast. Today, I welcome David Gibbons to the show. David is an associate client partner for Corn Ferry Hay Group. If you've heard of Corn Ferry, it's probably in the context of executive search. They, were long, they have long been known as one of the world's premier search firms, but they actually are also well known uh, in recent years for leadership development, and David is a big part of that. David's based in Vancouver, I should say ostensibly based because he spends his time traveling the world, ever from South America to the Middle East, developing leaders. And in this capacity, he leads the leadership and talent consulting practice for Corn Ferry. He's got his MBA, he's taught at the Simon Fraser Beatty School of Business and at the University of British Columbia's Sother School of Business. I've known David for many years, We've, we're good friends and uh, when he's not putting me in a chokehold at his jiu-jitsu gym, uh, he's impressing me with his dedication to developing leaders and to the point where our firms have often collaborated. Uh, when I moved to Vancouver, he was instrumental in not only helping me get established in the new city, but in opening my eyes to practical ways to build leadership capabilities in uh, people from all industries at all levels. And that's what I want to have him on today to talk about what it is that leaders do uh, and how they can take strategy and really make it their own and tell a story about it that is powerful and leads to business results. As you'll hear, he's practical, he's clear, and uh, has something to offer anyone. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with David Gibbons. David Gibbons, welcome to the Inspire Podcast. Thanks, Bart. Great to be here. And you're uh, you're joining. Where in the world is David Gibbons as a as an international leadership development professional? Where are you calling in from today? Huh, that is a, that often is a good question. I'm uh, calling in from Santiago de Chile, where it's nice and warm here right now. And uh, we've known each other for what a, a decade now, I think. It's got to be something like that, Bart. Yeah, I remember the first time that uh, we connected in Toronto, uh, and then uh, and then enjoyed uh, our uh, careers blossoming together when when you came to Vancouver, and then of course now back on the east coast of Canada. Yeah, it's been uh, great to collaborate at times with clients and support each other, and I've always admired you know you and your your passion for leadership and passion for teaching leadership. Uh, you know, as, as literally a professor of leadership and now a professional professor of leadership. So 
you know, I, I know you and I know the great work you do, but for those listening in who don't know you and also probably think of Corn Ferry as an executive search firm, talk a bit about, you know, what you do today and the impact of your work. Yeah, sure. Well, you're absolutely right. I've, I've had the great pleasure of working with a, a whole number of leaders uh, from different parts of different industries throughout my career and uh, have enjoyed helping leaders and organizations become better versions of themselves. And I find myself doing that uh, here at Corn Ferry for the last four years. You're right, in uh, certain parts of the world, Corn Ferry certainly is thought of as an executive search firm uh, exclusively. But if you take a look at our global practice now with over 7,000 professionals, gosh, all over the world, uh, we very much have evolved over the last, I'd say, uh, two decades to be much more than that, where uh, our search business represents about half the amount of our, our revenue and advisory, much of the type of work that I do around uh, developing leaders uh, forms the other half. Uh, and it's pr provided a great platform for me to help uh, organizations and, uh, and us to help organizations, again, be, be better versions of themselves, identify the talent they need, uh, help uh, understand what they have and, and help to close that gap and, and grow talent from within. It's amazing. I had no idea that you had almost uh, over 3,000 people globally involved in the business of leadership development. It's, uh, it's a huge operation you're part of, and I know it takes you all over the world to, to companies and governments uh, to, to help them with that. Tell me, you know, you talk about leadership, and, le and leadership is a buzzword. It's a, it's a commonly used word. So how, how do you define leadership? Or, or maybe a different, slightly different question is what makes someone a leader? Wow, uh, I think you're right. It's uh, leadership is a term that has been defined in so many different ways. And gosh, the number of books out there on leadership and the amount of study that's been done on this um, is is exhaustive. Uh, for me, a leader is simply someone from an organizational or business context that uh, that creates a vision or, or a strategy or a direction, and then. Um, activates that through other people. And, and so those are really the two jobs of the leader, in my opinion, is, is to create that direction, create that vision, create that strategy, and then execute on that through others. And, and whilst that might sound like two very straightforward activities, uh, I think uh, everyone knows that they, they are not, that they're in, in fact quite challenging. Creating a vision, creating a strategy that's compelling, that is going to win in the marketplace or, or achieve stakeholders' uh, needs, and then motivating individuals from a variety of different uh, backgrounds, perspectives, experiences to move forward on that vision. Those are very tough tasks indeed. And I imagine from what you're saying, those are those two distinct skill sets that really are the essence of leadership, the ability to have that, create that vision and engage people around it are skills that you can teach and develop and, and nurture in people. Is that, is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I absolutely agree with that. That is something that um, certainly I've, I've based my career on is the ability to help individuals first identify whether or not they want to be a leader 
um, because not all all of us want to, to do that. Some of us really love to become domain experts, subject matter experts, uh, you know, masters or craftspeople in our in our fields. Le leadership is something else. So I think the first step is is helping one understand if if in fact the challenge of doing through others, the challenge of dealing with variety of different challenges ahead um, that are that are broad uh, is the first step of, of helping develop or teach one to be a leader. Maybe I'll, sorry to interrupt you, that's really fascinating because I think as you said, there is this almost expectation, almost this unstated assumption that everyone should lead. You know, everyone can be a leader, everyone should hmm. be a leader, and that organizations promote and advance people, often compensate them when they choose to accept leadership roles. So take me inside mm -hmm. if you're having a conversation with someone and maybe you could tell us a story or give us an example of someone who is wrestling with that or has been asked to step up and isn't sure they want to. How do you help them through that process of making the decision of whether or not they should embrace that? Right. Well, I think you are very right that um, many organizations are set up in ways where leadership is uh, extolled and certainly held at a, at a very high level of prestige, which it should be, if, to be sure, leading um, at you know higher levels of responsibility within organizations is, is no easy task, no small feat to be successful in, in, in those roles, and so should be celebrated. I think equally, however, there are many roles within organizations that ought to have more spotlight shined on them, pivotal roles, subject matters, te technical depth types of roles that are critical for an organization's success um, that, that ought to be uh, equally celebrated uh, to more or less extent. And so having that type of environment does encourage one to put their hands up when a opportunity for a leadership role pops up. It's got perhaps more cachet and a nice fancy title. Certainly, in many cases, the remuneration is, is much greater, and so people do. And uh, as I mentioned, it's really not the best role for all of us. In many cases, uh, some of us are much better positioned to continue down that path of, of growing their depth. I think many of us uh, who've worked with organizations have recognized where you get somebody who's got incredible skill in a domain, like let's let's call out like a, a great sales man or woman that is absolutely fantastic at delighting customers and bringing in business, and then gets promoted into that sales manager, sales leader role, and two things happen: one, you take your best salesperson off the front line that's interfacing with customers. And two, if they're not interested to begin with and then capable, though we can develop that, in actually leading other salespeople, then, then you've, you've created an environment where the, the rest of the team are not performing. Remember, uh, gosh, this would have been about 15 years ago, I was working with a uh, technology firm, in fact, a video game developer. And uh, we were helping a group of leaders, uh, probably kind of mid middle of the way through their career uh, in developing some of the competence around leadership, uh, things like communication, emotional intelligence, things like this. And one of the uh, participants, uh, a, a, a leader, pulled me aside and, and she said, 
uh, you know, David, going through all of this, you made me realize that, uh, in fact, I don't want to lead. Hmm. And, um, and, you know, it, it took one of my one of my colleagues was right next to me, and it really took her back when we had somebody going through one of our programs saying, you know, that you've made me realize I don't want to lead. Well, she had been promoted into a, the creative director of this video game organization at, um, you know, the middle point of her career because she had been around the longest, she had the most tenure, um, was a fantastic artist. But what she had came, come to realize being in the role for a while and certainly coming through uh, our program to see what's expected of a leader was that's not who she was. That's not what excited her when she got up in the morning. That's not what she wanted. That's not what she saw herself being into the future. She loved art and she wanted to continue being involved in art and leading people um, was not something that was uh, intrinsically satisfying for her. Now, fortunately, we were able to help her have this conversation with the senior leadership of the organization, which moved her back into a subject matter expert uh, role. But that's not often the case. And many organizations have not set that up for success, where you allow both the leadership track and this, this depth or subject matter expert track happen. And those that do are going to be able to separate those who really are keenly interested in, and likely have some of the underlying um, motivations, some of the traits that are going to set them up for success. Yeah, and I think that's a really instructive story. And it speaks to the importance of self-reflection and self-awareness. Because as you said, you know, leadership does come with challenges. And the ability to lead is difficult and requires practice. So mm-hmm. you better, better make that choice. I know we certainly talk about that with our clients. If you're going to commit to communicating as a leader, you have to be in- intentional. So, so let's imagine, uh, you know, Corn Ferry, you're brought in to work with someone who has made that decision, but who has not yet mm-hmm. developed that ability to create that vision and, and, as you say, activate people through it. Walk, walk me and walk our listeners through the process. If, if someone was listening and they said, hmm, how would I go about developing that? Take us through how you how you build those skills. Sure, yeah, and, and often we were brought in to either help an individual, a team, or perhaps a larger group setting. And and Bart, as you highlighted, the the place that we like to start is having a clear understanding of themselves. Uh, what are the areas in which they have particular competence or skill at achieving through others? What are the areas that they tend to be drawn towards? Uh, what are the areas where they perhaps have gaps or, or maybe blind spots in areas that they're not drawn towards and helping leaders understand with some clarity what those are is the beginning of the journey. And, and that's done through things like assessment, feedback, uh, getting uh, reviews from uh, peers and, and, and direct reports and those around them. And from there, we can identify an individual development pathway for that for that individual that can take a variety of different forms. We then take a look at their ability once they have the foundation of understanding themselves and have started to develop the competencies around leadership, um, their ability to understand and lead others. And, and again, these might sound like very straightforward building blocks, but uh, when you start to peel back some of the layers, it, they, these are not 
technical competence or, or knowledge, solely knowledge-based uh, competencies. These are behavioral in nature. And so understanding is one thing, being able to act upon it in a consistent manner with some agility and fluidity, that's where it becomes more challenging. So we start with self, then move on to others and, and help leaders recognize the variety of different motivations, perspectives, skill levels that the people and the organizations that they may um, start to lead have and, and how they might uh, use their own strengths to help guide those individuals towards a, a strategic goal. And then of course, with that foundation, we can then start set the stage for leading organizations, which often will start with that creation of a strategy or a vision. Um, and, and so all of this is done in service of that job a leader has to create the vision or align to the vision, depending on the level in the organization, um, and then activate that within their team or within the entirety of, of the organization. And um, you mentioned this uh, already, communication is, some, is, is the competence in my mind that just ties that all together. So let's say you've got someone that come come to work with you. You've, you've gone through, put them through assessment. They've made that decision to lead. They've developed an awareness of the others within the organization and this different styles and um, interests and perspectives that they they have to appeal to. Then it's time to create that vision. And they say, "What do I say? What do I you know, what do I do?" So how do you go about teaching people to create that inspiring vision? Well, I'm going to I'm going to hold to the side the actual creation of a strategy of the strategic direction. Uh, we can leave that to some of the strategy consultants out there to, <laughs> to talk through that. There's many different models that one can use. But let's assume that we've got a direction that um, is compelling on paper, that we've identified a gap in the marketplace or a particular opportunity that a leader can take their team or an organization and and so it's now up to them to be able to communicate that in a compelling manner. So let's start with that understanding of ourselves. And we, and we talked about that as kind of the building block of leadership in particular, but, but let's take a look at it from the perspective of communicating a vision or strategy. One of the methods that we find effective is to have leaders create their own story. So having them understand how they got to where they are and where they're going can help them personalize the vision for themselves. So take us through, David, how, you know, once you've got your strategy, how you go about creating that, that vision that you communicate to the organization. So one of the methods we find effective is to have leaders create their story. And we start by building a description of who they want to be seen as by describing the journey they've been on to get there. And, and so by having this clear, keen understanding of themselves, they're gonna be able to bring that through and personalize that in the vision. So to do that, we start with an origin story. Basically, how did it all start? How did they get into uh, the role that they're in and what were some of the, the things that, that were the impetus for starting this trajectory that they've been on. Now, I do a lot of work in the resource sector, and so many of the leaders uh, that I work with have got into the business because 
of uh, some combination of they loved uh, learning about or being uh, in the outdoors and learning about the earth, um, being in and amongst uh, all of nature, or they alternatively want to be part of that, but also be part of building really big things. And so they talk about that, particularly some of the engineers, about what, how that drew them into the business. And once they got there, they started to realize uh, that they enjoyed the challenge and the responsibility and impact of leading others. Uh, there's been so many leaders that I've worked with uh, in our natural resource sector um, all over the world that uh, share with me the uh, excitement that they got by going out into uh, nature to make a discovery or to identify uh, an opportunity for a, for a resource exploitation. You can see their eyes light up as they start to talk about that and then talk about the good that that does um, for the communities around them and the people that are part of their organizations. Yeah, well, you know, just what, just to jump in, what strikes me that what you're helping them do, you're taking this, you know, what, uh, say a strategy document that's, you know, we've all seen, the, if you're in the corporate world, you've seen these strategy documents that they're really devoid of any sort of personal authenticity. You know, they're generic corporate statements because they have to reach such a broad audience. And you're actually having these leaders start from the opposite perspective, which is themselves and their own identity and what drew them to the, the business that they're in. So it's really a, it's almost the antithesis of the corporate document. It's, it's personal. Yeah, I think you're bang on there, uh, Bart. And we found by, by starting with that uh, understanding of, of who they are creates that personal link which then their audience are going to be able to connect to later on. Each one of us has our own story as to how we got here. And when we hear other people's, we start to think of, uh, think of that and then what the next steps might be. Then what do they do with it? How do they go from there? Is it that they then go share it? Or do they have to connect it to something larger? What happens next? The next is um, we have them add to their origin story where they came from with that one with one of impact a story where they had real impact on people and through which they determined that they wanted to continue along this path and with a particular focus on leadership and many of these come in the form of individuals having to step up take a lead when something was going off the rails and, and usually you know has a little bit of hardship but ultimately is success successful at the end um, which, which has sent them on this trajectory. Of course, we know that not everything is easy. And so we, we do want then ask them to share a story of hardship, time where things didn't go right, where the, and where they've learned something from, from, from it. Fun stories around overstretching, ignoring team members' advice, not hiring well, poor decision-making, Etc. All come up in in this part of kind of the the story creation process, but that humanizes them. You bet, you bet, and I, I think that's a great word, Bart. Humanizes or personalizes, and and this is the intent of the the story creation because you're right. We're about to get into something that's very unpersonal, the uh, corporate strategy document, and so <laughs> being able to tie it to something personal is is uh, the point here. So what happens next then? We've got these three origin stories or the origin story, the impact story, and the hardship story. So personal, so authentic. 
And then sitting next to them on the table is the Solus strategy deck developed by a globally renowned consulting firm. The the next step for uh, for me in particular is uh, really trying to understand our audience. Um, so we've started to under, unpack ourselves, start to create a story of why we're here, where we're going. Now let's start thinking about uh, who we want to take along this journey with us. Having a strong sense of who the audience is, what are they going to be motivated by? What are they going to be um, worried about? Uh, is is absolutely critical to crafting that message. Um, you know, we all are interested in what we're interested in, and a leader needs to tap into that in order to to get us moving and motivated to to go along that journey. Um, being able to identify what the learning platform for all of us might be to make these moves and, and what's what's the successful vision towards that future that is going to be slightly different for each one of us. Some of us are, are very motivated by achievement. You tell us we can't do something, we're gonna run out and prove you wrong. Others wanna make sure that we've got a sense of uh, community as we go through, that we're building a sense of affiliation that our team members, our colleagues will be taken care of and, and successful. Others are more interested in variety. Others want to be part of actually making that change and have more control. The more a leader can tap into each one of these different motivations as they start to craft their message, the more successful they're going to be. Okay, so as you tap into who they are, what comes? what's the next step from there? Well, I think the, the, the other critical piece in understanding your audience is remembering that um, your message needs to be consumable to all of them. And... In, in a language that they're going to be able to understand or relate to, a not full of jargon. One of my favorite uh, exercises that we've done with leaders is have them create a, a fairly um, challenging strategy document or presentation, I should say. Um, essentially, we're asking them to create a policy for, um, for some sort of government action like uh, schooling for children. And uh, we give them some good amount of time to be thoughtful about how, let's take schooling for children as an example, how they might go about doing that. And uh, so they, of course, come together with their ideas. They prepare a fancy PowerPoint deck and they get all ready to present. And we share with them that they're going to be presenting to a panel of experts on the topic, uh, this board that they're going to present to. And um, the best um, policies uh strategy is, is going to quote unquote win or be adopted. Um, but of course we don't uh, introduce who the uh, board members are going to be. Uh, and so they go about preparing this. And then when it gets time to present, we walk them into the room that is full of five jurors uh, and they're all uh, children between the age of nine and 11. <laughs> and so these leaders have created these wonderful uh, presentations trying to convince. And of course they're full of jargon and, uh, you know, three-letter acronyms, you name it. And they, they go about trying to present this to children. Well, the first thing they recognize is that children aren't going to understand that, or, or if they don't recognize that and keep barreling ahead, the children certainly give us uh, feedback that they don't understand or they don't believe these individuals, and they just fall flat. I, I like to think of that exercise as perhaps an exaggeration, perhaps not, 
of how we might think about our communications um, to the people that we're trying to, to join the journey with us. We really need to tap into what's going to be important for them and speak in a language that's not overcomplicated, that does paint a clear vision that's understandable. Well, I think it's really hard, actually, to get to that simplicity. I think it was a, a quotation you may have heard. I believe it was a tribute to Mark Twain, where he, you know, he says, wrote a letter to a friend. He says, I want to apologize for the length of this letter, but I did not have time to be brief. And it's, <laughs> uh, it's very challenging. Simplicity is challenging and time-consuming. And uh, I love what you're, what you're saying about, you know, it's incumbent on you. It's incumbent on you to get to that simplicity if you want to be impactful. Yeah, I, I like that, Bart. I, I think you're absolutely right. That is the job of the, the leader. It's, it's, it's their responsibility, our responsibility as leaders to bring people along. Uh, it's not theirs to uh, be able to dissect um, some complicated uh, thought processes that we might have. And is that what you mean when you talk about, you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the job of a leader is twofold. It's to create this strategy and vision and then to activate people. Is that the activation process, this getting to this clarity and then sharing it with people? Or is it, does it go beyond that? Well, I think, I think that's, the, that's, uh, that's the big part of it is, is to getting that clarity in, in the hearts and minds of the individuals that are actually the ones that are making the strategy happen. Um, and, but maybe I'll add one, one other piece here that let's say that you've gone through your creation of your story so that you can embed that into your messaging, into that, that thick document that you talked about that's sitting at the side of the desk. Mm -hmm. You've done it in a way that's consumable to the audience that you're, you're having join you on this journey. Well, one thing that I, I find that we forget is, well, how often do we actually need mm -hmm. to communicate to them? And, um, you know, so many times I've worked with leaders who've said, well, you know, they just, I've, I've sent off the email or I've sent off the, the, the deck or I've, I had the town hall and it's the, the strategy is just not happening. Well, that's not enough. It really isn't. Um, we need to consider that most of us have got lots of different stimuli and communication, lots of things in our mind. And if somebody sends us one message or we hear something once, it, the likelihood of us actually activating on it or doing something about it is is very very small. Um, it, it, I was uh, I was working with a large resource firm uh, on CEO succession once, uh, and the story kind of brings my point home here, where the I was asking the current CEO what was the biggest surprise to you when you made the shift. Uh, from the head of this particular uh, function into that of the CEO. And um, it surprised me when he, when he said it, but it made complete sense uh, in retrospect. He said, I can't believe how often I find my repeat, uh, I repeat myself. I am constantly uh, acting as if I'm in that movie Groundhog Day where it feels like I'm, I'm just doing the same thing over and over. I'm meeting with the board, I'm meeting with uh, you know, investors or analysts, I'm meeting with, of course, my executive team, I'm having town halls, we're writing communiques that come out through email, um, messages that are important for the organization around strategy. I am constantly repeating myself. And 
you know, that just reminds me and, and, and uh, highlights the point of how frequently we need to hear messages in order for them to sink in. Well, certainly that's no different when we think about strategy. What's the biggest mistake or miss that you find that trips people up on their, on their journey to showing and demonstrating this kind of leadership that people should be aware of? Yeah, that, that, that's an important question. I, I think the biggest thing is um, we ought not expect to get this right the first time. Uh, I think leaders that recognize they need to learn as they go through this process and try out different techniques, try out different stories, different ways of communicating the story, um, learning from the different audiences that they are communicating with, that there's slight nuances in what's motivating people when, um, that, that we're just not going to get it right the first time or the second time or the third time in many respects, mm-hmm. that this is an evolving process. And the, the leaders that I find that are, are truly successful are, are constantly learning and evolving as, as they go through this journey. And that makes sense because it is a skill. It's not an, an innate ability. It's something you have to consciously and purposefully practice. So that's, that's a great uh, final reminder. You know, don't give up <laughs> if as you begin to practice leadership, it doesn't go well. Just treat that as learning. So, David, yeah, this has been, been hugely valuable. Um, you know, what I'm going to do is quickly just prompt you with the phases of the work that you do, as I've heard. And then you give us and people listening on the, to this podcast the one thing that they should do at each step of the process to be successful. So the first step is decide, you know, when the time comes to decide, should I lead? What should they, what should they do? When deciding whether or not leadership is for you, I think the, the most important aspect of it is to recognize that leadership is not the only path out there, that there's many other paths that are very fulfilling and, e- and equally as important to organization's success. The other piece I would say is this isn't just a, a one and done decision that you may through your career, oscillate back and forth between moving up the high professional track and the leadership track. But ultimately, you need to be honest with yourself. When you get up in the morning, is your role exciting you? Are you passionate about either doing through others or or, um, using your domain knowledge or vice versa? Good, Good words of wisdom there. And then next, when people turn to writing their three stories, their origin story, their impact story, and their hardship story, what should they keep in mind to be successful in creating those meaningful narratives? I think really knowing oneself and and why you're here in the role you're at, standing in front of the people you're about to communicate to, is immensely helpful at creating something that is meaningful for those around you. Combine that with the true knowledge of your audience, the the different types of motivations, uh, desires, perspectives, backgrounds of your audience. If you can combine those two things together, that's when real stories start to come out that people get drawn to. 
add in the strategy and the direction in a way that's compelling and you've got yourself an audience that is listening. So finally, once you have that combination of your stories and the strategy, how do you go about communicating in a way that mobilizes others? Well, I think remembering that when we're communicating a vision or a direction or a strategy, that it's not just a one-time event, that it needs constant repetition, multiple different medias, multiple different times, and trying out different ways of crafting that message so that you're ensuring that you're, you're touching different audience members, the different parts of your organization that might have different motivations, different interests, different perspectives. That repetition matters and, and more so than probably you're comfortable with. Yeah, and I love the point you made earlier that it may feel like Groundhog Day to you, but it's brand new for the people who are hearing it. So David, yeah. you know, just such valuable insights today into, I, I can see why you're so good at what you do. It's, it's great to have you uh, share this with us because you know, in the 10 plus years we've known and admired each other, uh, I don't think I've had the privilege of actually watching and listening to you teach. And so I feel that I've almost gotten an insight into uh, what's made you so sought after all around the world uh, as a leadership development professional. So appreciate it. Well, thank you, Bart. Um, this was uh, this was a lot of fun talking about something that uh, I know is passionate passion of yours, and certainly is of mine as well. And and just putting my thoughts down into uh, something to talk about was was uh, valuable for me. So thank you very much. My pleasure. And you know, if we have people listening who are inspired, as I know they will be, by the work you do, the work that Corn Ferry does around the world. Tell them where they can go to learn more, to get resources, to contact you. Uh, where should they look to? Uh, I think the easiest way is to go to cornferry.com. That's K-O-R-N-F-E-R-R-Y.com. And you can find me in the Vancouver office, not physically, but you can find my contact information there. The problem with success is you're never actually at home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been invaluable. I appreciate your time. Likewise. Take care. That's it for my conversation with David Gibbons, who generously took us inside the work that he and his team do around the world to help people translate strategy into something that is personable, authentic, and drives business results. If you enjoyed this episode of the Inspire Podcast, make sure you're subscribed. Please rate and review the podcast. It's how people find us, and I personally appreciate it. Um, and follow me and connect with me on Twitter at THG underscore Bart. Finally, if you want to know more about what we do at the Humphrey Group to build leaders and help them communicate inspirationally, visit our website, www.thehumphreygroup.com. I'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks and go forth and inspire.